sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Football returns tonight for NFL week number three on a Thursday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday. Football is not all that far off each and every day here during football season. Two days off after a doubleheader on Monday. Football is back. Week three starts with an AFC North rivalry. Throw out the record books. When these two teams face off against one another, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns tonight on a Thursday in Cleveland, Ohio. We will break down this game thoroughly. Every angle that you need to know and every number, including a changing point spread at the moment. It has only worked in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers throughout this week. Cleveland now just a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and please bask in awe at that over-under, a total of 38-and-a-half, the lowest of this week already on a Thursday night, the lowest of the entire NFL season for a pregame over-under as we get going here in 2022. So let's focus on this rivalry between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, a rivalry within a division that has been very one-sided. The Steelers have won 11 of the last 15 against the Browns. The Browns have won three of those, and then there was a tie in one of those 15 matchups as well back a couple of seasons ago. In fact, under Mike Tomlin, you know the staple of consistency that is the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Mike Tomlin became the head coach for Pittsburgh in 2000. In seven. This is now his 16th year at the helm of the Steelers franchise. In that span, Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers have a win percentage against AFC North divisional foes that is 69.5%. It is the third best in the National Football League in those 15 plus years, and a cover percentage of 58.3% in divisional contests, the second best. In the National Football League in that time, only the Green Bay Packers have a better cover percentage against divisional foes than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it makes sense to see this line working in favor of Pittsburgh. Three and a half again is that spread. Earlier this week, just two days ago, it was five and a half in favor of Cleveland, now starting to trickle its way down. The Steelers have been booked as an underdog in each of their first two games this year. One and one both straight up and against the spread. The Browns were booked as a favorite for the first time last week at home, laying nearly six and a half against the New York Jets. And you know how that game ended up. Up 13, under two minutes left. Joe Flacco dices up that Brown. Secondary throws two touchdown passes. In the final two minutes, the Jets recover an onside kick, and they come back to win 31-30. to It's a very intriguing game when you look at the prop market because it's a game that establishing the run will be first in foremost, a short week. Both Thursday night football games have hit the under so far, and both quarterbacks have left some to be desired so far this season. And both quarterbacks have seen their passing yards props drop dramatically in the last 48 hours. Jacoby Brissett opened up at 195 in a hook. It's 181 and a half 
on this Thursday morning. Mitchell Trubisky was up at 200 and a half. It's 191 and a hook for his passing yards prop for this Thursday night. So let's look at the lead running backs. Nick Chubb, his rushing yards prop, 84 and a half now live on this Thursday. Najee Harris, 52 and a half. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after live on this Thursday all across the grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Looking forward to previewing a Thursday night football game an AFC North rivalry between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Again, Pittsburgh, since Mike Tomlin took over as the head man in the Steel City, that was 2007. The Steelers have a .695 win percentage within the division, the third best in the National Football League during that span. And again, let's focus on that over-under because as a Big Ten aficionado, I love seeing a 38.5. It is the lowest total book pregame so far throughout the 2022 campaign. It's a short week on a Thursday. There are some injuries on both sides defensively and both offenses have struggled so far this season, mainly the Pittsburgh Steelers. 16 and a half is the team total for the Steelers tonight. 21 in a hook is that number for the Cleveland Browns, all for that very small total of 38 and a half. Again, we put this into context within the division the AFC North struggled last week all four teams in the division lost the Browns coughed away a football game late the Ravens were up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter before the Dolphins stormed back for a record setting 20 plus point comeback against the Ravens yet Baltimore still booked as the favorites right now within the AFC North a price that is near even money plus 100 at this moment live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There are those AFC North divisional odds at the moment as we get ready for the start of week number three. The Bengals have moved back slightly. The gap between Baltimore and Cincinnati nearly now at $2. They entered the season just 20 cents away. The Cleveland Browns, the third best price at plus 360. And the Steelers have had the longest odds in the AFC North all offseason, all preseason, all regular season now at 7 to one but a huge divisional matchup for those rivalry tiebreakers as we get going week number three in the AFC North for this NFL regular season it's week four in college football a huge Saturday slate awaits Joe Lisi breaks it down next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com week number four of the college football season a full saturday slate you look oh so pretty. Conference action fully getting underway all across the country. Ranked versus ranked matchups. Undefeated versus undefeated schools. So to help us set the stage for a huge week four coming in college football, of course it is the mastermind of the college football pigskin. Sports Grid CFB analyst Joe Lisi joins us here on a Thursday live on the morning after all across the grid. Lisi on Saturday morning, when college football today hits the air at 9 a.m. Eastern time with you, myself, and Kevin Walsh, we are going to be absolutely thrilled and geeked up for a huge Saturday of college football. 
Oh, I can't wait, Ben. I might like this weekend better than I did last weekend. I mean, the games from 12 straight through the action in terms of the 7 o'clock window with that marquee battle in Big D and the SEC between Texas A&M and Arkansas. I mean, it's just fantastic. Great action across the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and obviously the SEC respectively. Even the Pac-12 matchups, Oregon State and USC, fantastic ball game in Corvallis. And we're going to run through the slate here over these next two consecutive segments with Joe Lisi in the mix. But let's start, Lisi, with a huge game in the ACC, Clemson and Wake Forest. There are four, only four, unbeaten versus unbeaten matchups this week and only three ranked versus ranked top 25 tilts. There is only one that combines both of those feats. It is number five, Clemson, unbeaten, a perfect 3-0, on the road in Winston-Salem, against number 21, Wake Forest, unbeaten, 3-0. and And right now, Lisi, the Tigers laying seven and a half on the road, booked as more than a touchdown favorite against the Demon Deeks. How significant is this game for the ACC the rest of this season? Oh, it's huge. One is Clemson back. That that will really dictate this. And obviously, can Wake Forest strike the upset and not just be a contender in, in terms of the ACC, but to potentially a dark horse in terms of the college football playoff? That's the biggest question. Now, when you look at the series, you know it as well as anybody. Clemson's won 13 straight. They've won four the last four by an average margin of victory of 38.7 points per game. Got this win last year in Death Valley, 48-27. to 27. They pounded the rock for 333 yards on that front seven of Wake Forest. You look at this matchup in this game last week with Liberty for Wake Forest, they allowed a buck 75 on the ground to the Flames. I think that's the recipe for success for Clemson. This game might be close in the first half, but I go to the physicality of the offensive line of the Tigers coupled with the defensive front. I think they win this ball game anywhere from 10 to 13 points Saturday afternoon in Winston-Salem. And we know Clemson's defense is very, very good, holding teams to just north of two touchdowns on average this year. But at the offense, DJ Uyongongalele and Will Shipley, we need to see more out of. Maybe that's an area to take advantage of on Saturday in Winston-Salem. But as of right now, Joe, we mentioned the significance of this game in the ACC. It still feels like Clemson's conference. They are booked as a minus 165 odds-on favorite to win the conference championship for the seventh time in the last eight seasons. Joe, do you believe that the odds are true? This is still Clemson's conference in the ACC. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about the domination 65-6 and straight up in terms of the conference over the last eight years against ACC opponents. All they do is win. Now, I will say that if you're going to catch Clemson, catch them on the road. So this potentially could be a roadblock, but I don't think they mess up against Wake Forest in this ballgame. Two teams that jump out, obviously, are NC State, which they play next week in Death Valley, 10.5-point favorites. And I'll tell you, Florida State, if they can continue to run the football the the way they've been playing. They have a tough ball game against Boston College this Saturday in Tallahassee, 17 and a half point favorites. But if they can continue to run the football the way they've been doing, get good quarterback play out of Rodemaker, they might be there every step of the way, Ben. A huge two weeks in the ACC Atlantic Division. Clemson and Wake Forest this week. Then Clemson hosts NC State 
next Saturday, the early look ahead lines for that in the summer, Clemson, a double-digit home favorite. And Florida State, off to its first 3-0 start since 2015, takes on Wake Forest next Saturday as well. All right, Lisey, let's continue to go around the country. Conference action out in full force, including a ranked versus ranked matchup in the SEC. A top 20 tilt on Rocky Top, where Tennessee Joe is a 10 and a half point favorite, number 11 in the country, hosting the 20th ranked Florida Gators. A 10 and a half point spread, Lisey. Double digits in favor of the Vols, but how does Florida keep this game close? Yeah, they have to use the legs of Anthony Richardson. They're averaging 212 yards on the ground. Anthony Richardson, to date, hasn't thrown a touchdown, zero touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. But Tennessee's defense has not seen the athleticism that Richardson possesses. And I think that's the recipe for Billy Napier in this ballgame. Florida's won 16 of the last 17 in the series. They won the last five by 19.8 points per game a lot of pressure on Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker and the Tennessee faithful just backing this team thinking that Tennessee is back they might win but I think Florida does cover this number keep in mind as well Billy Napier from his days at UL Lafayette nine and four as an underdog ATS I think Florida is well within the number Saturday afternoon in Knoxville all all really good points in the breakdown of this huge SEC rivalry out east between Tennessee and Florida. I'm glad you bring up AR, Joe. That would be Anthony Richardson. He entered this season 60-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy. Then after the sensational performance week one in the upset victory over Utah in the Swamp, his odds got so much shorter, 18-1 to at the time, the fourth best price in all of college football. Now, Joe, after two straight weeks of struggles, no touchdown passes, two interceptions in each of the last two weeks, and under 25 rushing yards in the last two weeks and the two games as well, he's 100-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy. What have you seen out of Anthony Richardson so far this season? Again, a great athlete and a better runner than he is a passer. He's a better passer when you can roll him outside the pocket, when you keep him in the pocket and force him to make his reads and progressions just the way Kentucky did a couple of uh, weeks ago. He struggles, and that's what Tennessee's going to have to do in this ballgame. I think that's a tough effort out of the Tennessee front seven. Let's keep in mind they played Keaton Slovis and Nick Patty a couple weeks ago. Paddock from Ball State was a prototypical dropback passer. This is a tall order for the front seven of Tennessee. And if Florida does jump up early, does the series factor creep into Tennessee's mm. mind? You know, they haven't won since in, the, in five years, six years. So does that play out if this game is a four-quarter game? That's why I give the edge to Napier and, and Florida right now. In my opinion, I think they're playing with house money. And knowing the dominance the Gators have had in this series history, that makes the 10.5-point spread in favor of the Volunteers even that much more intriguing. Three ranked versus ranked matchups this weekend in college football, two in the SEC, one in the SEC East, one in the SEC West. In Dallas on Saturday, Joe, Arkansas and Texas A&M. Right now it's the Aggies on a neutral field as a point-and-a-half favorite. Lisi, is the right team favored in this matchup between the Hogs and A&M? 
Well, that's a tough question because, you know, I always go with defense. And we look at Arkansas right now. They they have the worst passing defense in all of college football, giving up 352 passing yards per game. But Texas A&M has won nine of the last ten. I like Max Johnson in this spot. If you're going to back A&M, even though they lost last year, you're laying a short number. I lean to the Aggies in this ball game. I think they're able to run it on the front seven of Arkansas. To echo Lisey's point, Arkansas this season, the worst passing defense in all of the country, 131st out of 131 FBS teams, giving up north of 352 per game. But on the ground, the two-headed monster of quarterback K.J. Jefferson and the man they call Rocket, Raheem Sanders, the fourth-leading rusher in all of college football, a very good rushing attack for Sam Pittman in Arkansas as well. Joe Lisi stays right here. It's conference clashes all across the country this weekend. We continue to break them down. Up next here, live on the morning after on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. It is a Thursday. We are just a few days away from the start of a full Saturday slate in college football week number four. Actually, some college football games tonight. My alma mater, the Syracuse Orange, a perfect 3-0 unbeaten this year with an ACC tilt against Virginia tomorrow and huge conference games all across the country this weekend. The mastermind of the college football pigskin, Joe Lisi, still here with us on TMA on this Thursday. Lisi, three ranked matchups this week. Top 25 team versus top 25 team. Two of them in the SEC, but neither Georgia nor Alabama. The Dogs in a non-conference game against Kent State. They're a 47.5 point favorite. Alabama, a 40.5 point favorite against Vandy. And you can see where those odds are. UGA minus 130. Now the odds on favorites to win the SEC. Alabama, the second best price at plus 110 but then look at the drop off joe to tennessee having the third best number but at 50 to 1 so can anybody else in the sec we'll see tennessee take on florida this weekend arkansas and a&m at the star in dallas can any other team provide a challenge to either georgia or alabama at the top of the southeastern conference well, I think this weekend we'll, we'll, we'll see for real. If Arkansas gets through Texas A&M, and let's say they win this ball game convincingly, I do feel they pose a problem next week against the Alabama front seven because of the physicality of the offensive line and the athleticism of K.J. Jefferson. Even with that defense, they can get into a shootout, I believe, with Bryce Young and still potentially maybe cover and even be within striking distance. So in the West, I would say the best shot right now is the winner of this Texas A&M and Arkansas game. Outside of that, no, not at all. I think in the East, yeah. it maybe is Tennessee, but again, they have question marks on the defensive side of the ball where if they match up, they can maybe beat Georgia in a one-game scenario in Athens, but asking them to beat Georgia and then Alabama in the same year is going to be absolutely unbelievable for the, for the Tennessee Volunteers. So I would say right now, no, Ben. 
And Georgia has about a, a month more until they really get into the thick of their SEC schedule where we'll find out more about the dogs as well. All right, great conference clashes across the country. Four unbeaten battles. We talked about Clemson and Wake Forest. Another one is a non-conference showdown in Lawrence, Kansas this weekend. Yes, you heard me correctly. Lawrence, Kansas, the home of the Kansas Jayhawks. KU, a perfect 3-0 this year, hosting another 3-0 team. And no, this is not a non-conference battle in basketball. It's on the gridiron. Yes, the Duke Blue Devils, also 3-0. Joe, the Jayhawks, a seven-and-a-half point favorite at home. Did you ever think you would see the day there would be an undefeated versus undefeated matchup between Duke and Kansas? At, not in college football, right? Uh, when you think about how <laughs> bad that team was uh, under David Cutcliffe last year for Duke, but Mike Elko, Lance Leipold have done a fantastic job. It's not just been on the defense. It has been the offense. We have two good quarterbacks in terms of Jalen Daniels for Kansas and obviously Riley Leonard for Duke. And, and that front seven for Duke has only given up 117 rushing yards to opposing offenses. That has been the weakness over the past couple of years. Later in the season, they just wear down at the point of attack they go on the road to to face kansas kansas's offense is converting 68 percent on third down conversions that's one of the highest uh third down rates in the country behind minnesota yeah. at 77 percent. just think about that so they're moving the chains they're scoring points i gotta go with the jayhawks playing at home i love the job that lance leipold has done i think their defense is just a little bit better offensive line is a little bit better as well i would lay it with the jayhawks in this matchup kansas right now the third best scoring offense in the country, averaging 53 points per game. Jalen Daniels last week in a big win over Houston. Five combined touchdowns, threw for over 200 yards, and ran for over a hundo as well. Lance Leipold, one of the best program builders in all of college football. Look at the over. Kansas has played three straight overs in that matchup between the Jayhawks and the Blue Devils. Truly fascinating a blue blood battle on the basketball court now seeing it on the gridiron on saturday another one of those unbeaten versus unbeaten matchups joe is a big 10 opener for maryland and michigan at the big house in ann arbor on saturday afternoon michigan a 17 point favorite joe in this matchup of three and oh football teams why is the line so large in favor of the maize and blue and can they cover that three court three score spread yeah, it's large because they've won six straight by an average margin of victory of 33.6 points per game and won in College Park last year, 59 to 14. I don't think it's high enough. I mean, it is a little bit of a head scratcher when you think about the dominance of the Michigan Wolverines over Maryland right now. I think they're going to be able to run the football with Blake Corum. It is the physicality of the offensive line for the Michigan Wolverines. Every time they pound the rock over the last couple of years, they win ball games. Entering last week, they were winning games by 45 points per game. I don't think it stops against Mike Loxley and the, the Maryland Terrapins. It's been the defense where Maryland hasn't been able to step up in terms of these critical Big Ten matchups against the big boys, teams like Ohio State and Michigan, respectively. And I don't think it stops Saturday afternoon in Ann Arbor. Michigan now the highest scoring offense in college football, averaging 55.3 points per game. Of course, the Wolverines last year under Jim Harbaugh for the first time in his seven years on campus, beating Ohio State. 
winning a Big Ten championship and appearing in a college football playoff. But it's the Buckeyes back on top, according to the odds. Ohio State, Joe, a minus 250 favorite to win the conference championship this year. Michigan at plus 410, the second best price. Penn State up the board now at 10 to 1. But Joe, as you look for value in the Big Ten as of right now, as we are about to embark on week number four, who do you think that school is? I think it's Penn State and Minnesota right now. I mean, because of their defensive front, both of them, and the way they can run the football, that carries well in terms of road environments. Now, it's going to be a tough matchup for Minnesota. Michigan State has won five straight. They haven't played since 2017. But I still go to the physicality of both Penn State and Minnesota as having the best shot against Ohio State and Michigan in terms of these matchups. And I think if you're looking for value, the West Division provides that because the East is dominant. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. But the West, right now, Minnesota, the only unbeaten team in the second best total defense, total offense, rushing offense in all of college football. Over to the Pac-12 we go, Joe. The fourth and final unbeaten versus unbeaten matchups we detail here on the morning after is number seven USC visiting Corvallis in Oregon State. And Joe, this line has only worked in favor of the home team, the Beavs, all week long. It opened at seven and a half in favor of the Trojans. It is now at five and a half only in favor of SC. How competitive do you expect this matchup to be? Very competitive. Let's not forget Oregon State as an 11 and a half point underdog abused USC in the Coliseum last year. And I understand interim staff. It wasn't Caleb Williams. It wasn't Lincoln Riley. It wasn't those running backs of Travis Dye and Austin Jones. But you know as well as anybody, Corvallis is going to be a hornet's nest late Saturday night for USC. Oh. This is not an easy environment. I love Chance Nolan. I love the physicality of the rushing game for Oregon State. They play very solid third down defense I think they strike the upset over USC Saturday night I don't care that the line dropping I'm still going to go with the line movement uh, to me this is the most complete offense and defensive lines that USC has played up until this point and I, I like Oregon State not just with the uh, five and a half then I like them on the money line Saturday night going for the loot that's what Joe Lisi does what a shakeup that would cause in the Pac-12 because as of right now the Trojans still booked as the favorites to win the conference championship at plus 135. Lisi, it's been five years since the Pac-12 appeared in the college football playoff. Do you think a Pac-12 team can reach the CFP in 2022? I think they can. As long as they can run the table and win the Pac-12 championship, I think a team like Washington with a dynamic quarterback of Michael Penix can do it. Oregon State can do it under the radar as well because they can run the football. But I like UCLA. I'm sticking to them at 17-1. to They got a scare against South Alabama, but they face USC and Utah on the schedule. I think they win those games and are a dark horse for the Pac-12 championship. Lisi, quickly here, one more Pac-12 game before we get over to the Big 12. Oregon and Washington State. Wazoo unbeaten this year. A six-and-a-half-point home underdog against Oregon. We saw Oregon get walloped by Georgia week number one, then bounce back in a big way against BYU last Saturday. What's your approach to this matchup? 
Yeah, tough one. I'm not going to be betting it, but I would still lean to Oregon now. It's good Bo Nix versus bad Bo Nix on the road, but I would still go with the rushing attack of Oregon. They The way they pounded the rock against BYU, and they were opportunistic. I would stick with the Ducks laying a short number. Very tough place to play, but I think Oregon covers. Right now, Joe, Oklahoma, the betting favorites to win the Big 12. The Sooners impressive last week on the road in Lincoln against a Scott Frost-less Nebraska Cornhuskers team. K-State was a team, Joe, a lot of people had their eye on as a trendy team to compete in the Big 12. They lost last week to Tulane. OU, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite in Norman on Saturday night. Your quick thoughts on this ball game between the Wildcats and the Sooners. Yeah, Kansas State typically plays Oklahoma tough. Got the cover last year in Manhattan, but there's no way I could back Kansas State and, and Adrian Martinez averaging 115 passing yards per game. Give me Dylan Gabriel and OU. It's a great point, Joe. The defense has been very good for Kansas State. The defense has also been very good for OU. Maybe an under comes into play on Saturday night. Joe Lisi, the mastermind of the college football pigskin. One of my co-hosts on college football today each and every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Lisi will talk on the radio a little bit later this afternoon as well. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A full-blown breakdown and preview for Thursday night football in Cleveland, Ohio. A bitter AFC North rivalry between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We do that right here, right now, on a Thursday live on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. If it's a Thursday, previewing Thursday night football, that only means one thing here on TMA. FanDuel's Ryan Williams joins us live right now as well. R-Dubs. Great to have you back in the mix. We have a three and a half point spread for an AFC North rivalry. And of course, my attention is on that over under at 38 and a half. R-Dubs, how excited are you to have some football back to start off week three of this NFL season? I'm, I'm excited, Benny. I mean, you know, everybody wants to talk about this being the lowest, you know, total of, of the of the NFL season thus far. And, you know, what's not to like? We got 20 mile per hour wins. We get to see the Trubisky versus Brissett bowl and, and see, you know, are these teams who we thought they were, as the famous quote goes. I mean, it's it's football, Benny. We can't be complaining. We only get, you know, 18 weeks and some change of football every year. We can't complain about this matchup. It's a great overview of what we can expect tonight. The line has worked in favor of the Steelers. Pittsburgh has dominated this rivalry in the last decade and a half of the last 15 matchups. The Steelers have won 11 of those 15. R-Dubs, you mentioned the wins tonight in Cleveland. Any quarterback in the National Football League will tell you it's not rain, it's not snow, it's wind that affects the passing game the most. And it's two offenses that have kind of struggled so far this year the Browns have been very good on the ground but that's why the total is at 38 and a half tonight do you expect to see the defensive struggle the total indicates so far R-Dubs yeah I think that this could be a, a weird one Ben when we're talking about this total I mean First of all, not only it being the lowest total of the year thus far, but it's the lowest total since 37 and a half 
2019 when the Bears were facing the Detroit Lions. So that just goes to show you like what this number means. And we can still, I think, find value somewhat in the over with Mitchell Trubisky. You know, he's kind of he has a little gunslinger mentality to him and he could, you know, maybe force a turnover there, get a short field for Cleveland. And Cleveland has some weapons on the other side to kind of push this pace. And we've seen this total go over with these two teams before. It is a divisional matchup, but because it being so low and everybody just looking to kind of think that both of these teams will want to establish the run and not do anything else. There are some things that I feel like can break away that can get this, you know, closer to like 40 of what we expect. Yeah. And people could be, you know, kicking themselves for going the under because right Right now, it's being hammered by the public. This is a Big Ten total. Wisconsin and Iowa last October was 37 and a half. Iowa and Rutgers is 34 and a half. That's college football. This is the NFL. 38 and a hook is a drastically low number as we get ready for this Thursday night. And Ardubs, I would agree, if the over is to come into play, I don't think it's so much the quarterbacks, but it's the running game, especially for the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb's rushing yards prop up now to 84 and a hook. It's a number he's gone over each of the first two weeks. But let's focus on those QBs. Metro Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett. How do you evaluate their play so far in the 2022 campaign? Yeah, well, neither one of them really jumps out the page at you when you're looking at, you know, this number. Mitchell Trubisky hasn't hit a number of 200 uh, passing yards thus far this season. And Jacoby Brissett, you know, he he's been he's been doing this before he's a journeyman he you know he kind of knows ways to win he doesn't need to be aggressive he kind of they do the things that are kind of geared towards what works for this offense which is establishing the run and just making efficient throws and maybe he takes some of that with him when he was at the new england patriots under the bill belichick regime there um with the offenses not really being explosive but you know, I really think that the running backs are going to be the ones to be involved here, especially with the wins, Ben. I don't expect to see too much deep passing from either one of these teams, but there could be some broken plays that kind of lead to yards in their favor um, because they do like to keep things close to the line of scrimmage on both sides. Listen, Cleveland coughed away that game late last week in the fourth quarter, under two minutes against Joe Flacco and the Jets, but Jacoby Brissett's stat line, if you just looked at the box score, 22 of 27, 229, a touchdown, an interception, sure, but an 81.5% completion percentage, you'd be like, oh, not all that bad. But we know that they don't want the ball necessarily in Jacoby Brissett's hands the entire time. The ground game has been incredibly important for Cleveland so far this season. 39 rush attempts in week number one, tied for the tops in the NFL. 37 last week. They are averaging 38 per game. That is the second most so far in the National Football League, only behind the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a good reason for it. The two-headed attack of Nick Chubb joined with Kareem Hunt. Both running backs so far, R-Dubs, have seen double-digit attempts each of the first two weeks. So when you look at their props tonight, what's your approach with the split in production for that Browns rushing attack? Yeah, you got to look at Kareem Hunt with the anytime touchdown at plus 170 there, just in the way he's been used. And he still does get some red zone work. And I know everybody's going to be clinging to Chubb there. He just had a multi-score game last week. He goes for the third touchdown, which actually kind of cost them the game, you know, because we're talking about him getting out of bounds, not going for that third touchdown. We could be talking about this whole thing in a different light here. So, uh, but yeah, just the value that you're getting on Kareem Hunt with the usage that he's seeing. And we have shown Stefanski to have the propensity to bring him in in red zone work so i love that number for him it's a great point plus 170 a much better price for a guy that scored two touchdowns in week 
number one. I also look at his rushing yards prop for Kareem Hunt, 42 and a half. Like I mentioned, double-digit carries in each of the first two weeks. Last week against New York, 13 rushes, 58 yards on the ground. It was an injury-riddled 2020 campaign for Kareem Hunt. He missed nine games, but when he was fully healthy, the first six for Cleveland last year, five of the six double-digit carries in all five of those games, way over 42 and a half rushing yards. So R-Dubs, a story will be the ground game, of course, and maybe the lack of quarterback production tonight on a Thursday in Cleveland, which means maybe we don't see all that stellar of performances out of the wide receivers on either side. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers has the highest receiving yards prop of anybody in this game on TNF. It's 56 and a half. Amari Cooper, the largest number on the other side for the Browns, 49 and a hook. Knowing some of those quarterback struggles, R-Dubs, would you still look to target any receiving yards props this evening? Yeah, the the Deontay one, you know, it, it's it's kind of tough because you're looking at, I mean, the reception totals for him have been, you know, very nice. And he has had some great games in this matchup in the past. So that's why I kind of like Deontay Johnson's over five and a half reception prop. But when you're talking about a yard standpoint, I would probably lean to Pat Fryermuth, who I believe he's at like 43 and a half receiving. He has a great rapport with Mitchell Trubisky to start this year and has hit that number in one of the two games already thus far. And, and I do like him to be utilized but Deontay again when I'm talking about broken plays just because of the volume that he sees and everything coming um you know close to the line of scrimmage and not that deep not the deep ball that you know we would expect to have somebody hit the over he could hit the over on his yardage just from getting volume here so it does make sense to kind of correlate the two with his over receptions and over yardage but if you think that's too high look at Pat Fryer move who's about 10 yards under him I like the volume perspective for Deontay Johnson and for some others across the board. We'll get to your best bets for Thursday night football in just a moment. But of course, an AFC North rivalry. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan, under Mike Tomlin since 2007, have a 69.5% win percentage within the AFC North. It is the third best in that 15-plus year span, only behind the Patriots when it was Belichick and Brady and only behind Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North. So as we look at the AFC North, a tough weekend number two for this division, R-Dubs. All four teams losing, but the Baltimore Ravens remain the even-money favorites at plus 100. But all four teams still within six bucks of each other. Do you feel differently, Ryan, about this division following two weeks of this National Football League season? No, I, I, I really don't. I mean, the Ravens, you know, they, they let one slip away from them last Sunday against the Dolphins, but we see how explosive they can be. And this is with their defense, you know, being riddled with injuries in the secondary. If they yeah. can get some of those guys back healthy um, for the rest of this year, I, I do like that number. The Bengals starting out 0-2 is, is really tough. I would say that I do kind of like that number. You're getting value 3-1 to one almost on the yeah. Bengals because they can right the ship very quickly with a win against the Jets this weekend. But if they start out 0-3, it's a tough road ahead for them to try and you know make the playoffs let alone try and win a division here so um i I, i'm just riding with the ravens they were my preseason pick and i'll stick with it keep joe burrow upright maybe not sack 13 total times in the first two weeks and don't go down by double digits in the opening half and yeah maybe cincinnati you'll have some success all right the best bets for tonight's thursday night tilt between the browns and the Steelers. R-Dubs, again, the line working in favor of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh this year booked as an underdog, though, now in all three games. Getting three and a half on the road tonight. 
Is that the side you're rolling with this evening on Thursday Night Football? Got to gotta roll with it, Benny. I mean, you talked about it with Mike Tomlin's numbers. We just had the same MO in week one. Everybody wanted to ride with Cincinnati against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin against the spread in this division, 26-2 and two as a dog. So, I mean, this is this is just something that's too favorite. Meanwhile, you got Kevin Stefanski, who's one and eleven against the spread um, since you know joining the Browns in this division. So, we got to go Mike Tomlin there. It it just you know the Steelers getting these points and the fact that it's moving even more favorably in some places uh, to the Steelers fashion. You know, I've seen plus fives and plus fours other places. We got it at three and a half. You got to hammer this with the Steelers. And you got to keep it while it's a field goal and a hook above that key number right. of three for what might be a tight game tonight where points at a premium with a total of 38 and a half. Overall, Pittsburgh is 58.3 in terms of a cover percentage in AFC North games under Mike Tomlin in 15 plus seasons. The second best against the spread record in that time as well. So that's the side for Pittsburgh, both game and first half. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. What about a receiver on the other side, R-Dubs, for the Cleveland Browns you have an eye on this evening? Yeah, so let's look at Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I guess, you know, Jacoby Brissett is only capable of of helping one receiver hit their plateau at a time. In week one, it was DPJ. Uh, Week two, we saw it be Amari Cooper. I like it going back to DPJ. And only when you're talking about his over receptions at two and a half and you're getting plus money on that, uh, I, I just I just like the way that that kind of shapes out. Yes, the wind is, is going to be somewhat, you know, cumbersome probably to these offenses, but he can get a deep ball or, or two um, in this game. And if it goes sideways, if it's not hitting that under here, we're going to see, you know, these teams be involved here. So I like getting DPJ at that number of two and a half plus money. And there you yeah, there you see Najee Harris as well over with a plus money price to his yeah. rushing attempts prop. At 14 and a half. Again, I think it's a great area to look in a game, R-Dubs, where we are going to have two ground attacks maybe be the focal points, both with the Browns and their two running backs and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Najee Harris banged up in week number one. The Steelers' offensive line leaves much to be desired, but we might not see Miles Garrett tonight for Cleveland on this short week as well. And if the wind is blowing to the ground, they go. Ryan Williams of FanDuel joining us here to preview Thursday night football between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our dubs, the Bears, your Bears, a three-point home favorite against the Houston Texans on Sunday. What are your quick thoughts to see the Bears laying a field goal? It's bear down, baby. We love that. Get, Get the run established. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. I like getting the three points there for the Bears. They don't call the man Juice, Khalil Herbert, for nothing. He can certainly move out of that backfield. A successful night on the ground on Sunday night, even in the loss to the Green Bay Packers. Ryan Williams, thank you so much for your time, as always. Thanks, as always, for having me, Benny. I'll see you next time. Until next Thursday. That's when we know a new week in the NFL starts here on the morning after. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out our number one the morning after live on this Thursday on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 1. 
59, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday on TMA. A new week begins in the National Football League. That's why we love Thursdays. We're oh so close to the weekend, and each and every Thursday, we have a football game in the NFL where football returns. And for me, a Big Ten fan that loves to see the defensive grind and struggle. I'm like a father that believes the defense wins championships. When I see a total posted at 38 and a half for the Steelers and Browns tonight, I get giddy. It's the lowest of the year. It's the lowest total we have had in quite some time in the National Football League. So what are you going to do with a 38 and a half over under tonight between Pittsburgh and Cleveland? That's what we asked in Fade the Public. So it's the lowest number we have seen so far this year. It's already the lowest of this week, of course. What is the play? Is it an over tonight or is it an under for 38 in a hook between the Browns and the Steelers? Public, I'm in love with you right now. Way to ride with the under of the 38 and a half. Our dubs mentioned it. That would be Ryan Williams of FanDuel in our most recent segment. There's supposed to be 20 mile per hour wins tonight in Cleveland, Ohio. Any offensive system will tell you in the NFL that it's not rain so much, snow is not all that bad either. Wind is what affects offenses, mainly those passing attacks. And although the ground games are good for both sides, we've got some defensive injuries on both sides, I still think the under might be the side, at least to say you were on the right side of history for one of the lowest totals in the last decade in the National Football League, 30. Eight and a half. Look at that smile. Absolutely love it for Thursday night football. Hour number two of the morning after is up next here on Sports Grid, following a Sports Grid news update from Alex Fasano.